It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Monday, April 4th, 2022. I'm Beckler. Shauna's away today. She'll be back tomorrow. She was in Big White for the weekend. It's also her birthday today. She turns 34. Much older than me. Uh, If you have her on social media, maybe wish her a happy birthday. She'd appreciate that. How was your weekend? We had a boys weekend. McKenna was gone to Vancouver on a girls trip. So me and Bo and Brigham hung out. Had some buddies over on Friday night. We had a fire and some steaks. It was a it was an old-fashioned bro down. I also, on Friday, I took them to Flying Squirrel. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's Trampoline Park here in Calgary. They have two locations. And it is awesome. It's so cool. And, like, parents can jump, too. And you have to wear these special, like, these special socks that they give you. I don't know if the socks are actually that special. They have grips on the bottom. Or if it's more so that, like then your people aren't bringing their dirty socks which i really appreciate if it's a cleanliness thing i could appreciate that i'll pay the three bucks for the socks to not have to have everybody else's socks all over there but uh so i I got the socks that you need to jump and then i looked around and there was a few other parents jumping and i was like man if i do this i know i'm gonna try something that i shouldn't and i'm gonna get hurt and then i'm gonna be out of the gym for like three weeks and i'm gonna be upset but man did it look cool i wanted to jump so bad I wish they had those when we were growing up, like this this trampoline park. I, like, I don't think those were around 20, 30 years ago, were they? It's the coolest place ever. Next time, I might just have to suck it up and take the chance and go for a bounce. On today's show, we're going to talk about jaywalking. We're going to talk the, how bands take the stage at the beginning of a show. I think that's a very important part of the concert and a big, big artist that did it in a very strange way recently. Calgary is voting on what our official bird should be. Maybe you saw this story. We haven't talked about it yet. We'll get into that. Talk a bit about the carbon tax that went up on Friday. How nobody will remember you when you die. And I don't think it's as depressing as it sounds, although Shauna seemed to think it was. An entomology. We're going to speak with a lawn expert that we know as the sod father. This is your out of context clip of the show. What was the award for? Biggest shoe? In the back row there. Bang, 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 bang. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Came across another Fortune 500 local business on the weekend. Local businesses with great puns in their names. We're keeping a list. Uh, this was a, a scrapbooking and craft store called Scrapendipity. Scrapendipity. Like, you know, like serendipity, but with, with scrap at the You got it, right? You're here. So it's 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 shoehorned in there a little, I think, but we'll we'll count it as a as a pun business. Scrap and dippity. I mean, that could also be based on the definition of serendipity, which is the occurrence and development events by chance in a happy or beneficial way. That could also be a timely fight, right? If you get in a fight at just the the most opportune moment, that could be scrap and dippity. I remember uh, when I was in high school, I played in a band. And we played a show in this little resort town one weekend, and it was a good show. There was lots of people there having a good time. And then after we were done playing, we decided to wander into town and see if we could find anything going on. And we came across this big group of guys, I think it was a bachelor party, that had been at our show, kind of dancing to our music earlier. And we thought, great, we'll go say hi to these guys. And they jumped us. And then we were outnumbered like three to one. It was the, the guys in my band, and then like 15 of these guys on this bachelor party. And one of my friends, one of the guys in my band got thrown into a shop window. Not through it, just banged off the glass. And then eventually we got away. And then fast forward a few months later, we were playing a show in Banff and we were on our way back to Saskatchewan. And we stopped to get gas in Strathmore. And who's filling up at the pump across from us but one of these guys. One of these guys who jumped us. 
And we're like, now the tables are turned. He's alone, outnumbered, and there's all of us. Now, of course, we didn't do anything. Right? It was broad daylight at a gas station full of people, and that's really not the kind of people that we are either. But had we jumped him there, that would have been scrap and dippity. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Last year on the show, we told you a bit about this guy that I know from Saskatoon who, uh, well, he knows a lot about lawns, about grass, but he started doing these like unsolicited lawn reviews at his friends' places. He'd just show up with a beer and his wife would film and he'd walk around and critique the guy's lawn without the guy knowing. Uh, and we thought that was hilarious. His name is Jeff Harvey. Nowadays, he goes by the Sod Father on Instagram. And he's on the phone right now. Sodfather, I saw on Instagram that you had already started your lawn preparations even before the snow melted. Yeah, yeah. You got to get a head start on things early. Uh, with the snow melting, it's uh, you want to try and speed that process up because we know we don't have a long growing season here in Canada. So it's uh, the key is you just want to get out there and spread that snow around, get that even melt going. I never even would have thought about that. An You're, even melt. An even melt. <laughs> the, the, the snow is mostly gone here in Calgary now, so we kind of missed the boat on that one. But what is the next step after the snow is gone? What's the first thing you do? Yeah, first thing you want to do, you want to have a look around, and depending on how the fall was, I know in Saskatoon, uh, we had snow before the ground froze, which will typically lead you into the snow mold. So take a peek on your lawn. If you see that ugly little snow mold, and you'll know if you're sneezing and the allergies will be acting up on you. Get out there and you want to lift it up very gently, very gently, not disturbing the root system. So maybe I use a broom. Um, I also use my leaf blower some years as well. And just kind of want to get that snowball just gently removed. You don't want to be raking or disturbing the roots at all, though. That's the key. You had a bit of a lawn disaster last year, didn't you? I did. I did. That's, I had to do a total, total reset. Um, I expect greatness out of my lawn. It just wasn't good enough, so we just ripped the whole thing out and redid it. Oh, my God. What, ha- what happened? I did an overseed in the spring, and I didn't do my research, and I brought in some topsoil, and the topsoil was full of weeds, which sod, I didn't know sod father, you, you almost have to get your title revoked for that for a bit. All right. <laughs> There it was. It was a quiet season on the Instagram last year because of that. I had to rebuild my brand and get the faith of the people back. What, do you, what, what, what schedule do you follow for fertilizing throughout the year? Well, there's a couple, couple you can go with. Um, there's the old long weekend schedule. I think that's what my dad follows, yeah. That seems to be what all our dads follow. That was, <laughs> and it worked, right? Our, our dads obviously had good lawns. Uh, but I've been doing some research here. There's some people who like to get out there and fertilize every two, three weeks. Two to three weeks? I have not tried that myself. I'm more of a once-a-month guy, but typically I stick to the long weekends as well. Is that grandfather's mode because he's retired, has a little more time? <laughs> I think it is a little more time. Just out there making sure that lawn's looking good and nothing else to do. So it just keeps spreading that fertilizer, I suppose. <laughs> now, there's going to be some people listening to this, Sodfather, who uh, don't appreciate lawns in the same way that, that some of us do and think that lawns are you know, a waste of space and resources, that they lack biodiversity, that they're kind of a relic of our parents' generation, as we mentioned. What what say you to those people? Well, I guess everybody's entitled to their own opinion, and that's fair. Um, I would say to those, and I use a perfect example, we got the Masters coming up in Augusta, Georgia here, what, two weeks? Uh, that might be the mecca of lawns. you looking at a beautiful of heaven on earth. Uh, I don't see one weed or little natural thing going on there. That's a beautiful green, lush grass. And if that doesn't make somebody excited, I don't know what will. If my neighbors want to subscribe to the biodiversity and have their natural five different types of grass and have their weeds in there, that's fine with me. But my front lawn is going to be pristine. 
straight grass. So you're kind of to, to each their own? To each their own. And to be fair, on the side, we do. In, the, in my backyard, I have dogs, and they destroyed it last year. I did plant a clover grass, so I have a different type of weed grass in my backyard. So I am balancing it out a bit. And we do have flowers throughout the yard to beautify it as well. So the bees do get their, their pollination and whatnot. He is the sod father at Jeff underscore Harvey underscore on Instagram. Follow him for your lawn care tips. Thank you for your time, sod father. Awesome. Thanks for doing this, guys. Entomology with Beckler. We're talking about bees on the show recently and how I think they are on a short list for the goat of the animal kingdom, the greatest animal of all time. Interestingly, friends and I were having this conversation on the weekend, and one of my friends, he said he thinks bees are overrated. It's a bold statement, isn't it? Bees are overrated. And he clarified, he's like, not that he doesn't think bees do good work, they do. It's just that there are plenty of other pollinators who don't get the credit that bees do. And he's got a good point. Bats are pollinators. Wasps are pollinators. Butterflies are pollinators. But we, 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 we give all that credit to bees. Anyway, my son Brigham is four. And he asked me this question just recently. He said, Do bees poop honey out of their butt? Do bees poop honey out of their butts? Said, That's a great question, Brigham. I actually don't know the answer to that. Like, what is the process that that makes honey like how do they turn nectar into honey and it's not they don't poop the honey out of their butts they also don't vomit the honey back up which i think some people think it's a bit of a misconception about bees they do regurgitate honey but out of what is called a honey stomach so bees have like a it's not a real stomach bees have like a separate sack in their digestive system before the stomach that stores all the honey and then the rest of their food like carries on down into their real stomach and when it's time to produce honey, they bring it back up out of this honey stomach. So they have a separate stomach just for the honey. Kind of like Shauna says, she thinks that humans have a separate stomach for dessert. Because you can be full of, of your meal, but still have room for dessert. It's because you've got a special little stomach in there. That's just biology. Everybody knows that. Great question, though, Brigham. No, the bees do not poop the honey out of their butts. They regurgitate it from the honey stomach. Entomology with Beckler. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I came across this clip. It was a clip from an interview with uh, the lead singer of Tool, Maynard James Keenan. And he's dropping some, some wisdom here. The clip's about a minute long. I want to play it for you. Big fan of Chris Cornell. When was the last time this, did you think about Chris Cornell this week? I didn't. I love the guy. Um, Alan Rickman, David Bowie, you know, was... <laughs> it's you know there's a bunch of posts on Facebook and then you go about you go about your way so that's what's gonna happen to you by the way people are gonna be upset that you're gone and then they're gonna move the f on with their lives so be happy with what your decisions are you are on your own you don't owe anybody anything um, but if you're doing your job and you're doing it accurately enough and you're expressing from the heart from the core from your experiences and your intuition other people are going to resonate with that. It's going to resonate with them. They're going to get something out of it. Their day might go better uh, because of what your, your true, honest approach to what you're doing. You're going to help other people. You're going to help yourself. You're going to help your family. But just understand at the end of the day, nobody owes you as an artist any kind of accolades. You don't owe them anything. They don't owe you anything. You're just doing. I, I was telling Shauna about this clip, and maybe I did a poor job of summarizing it, but she thought, she thought it sounded quite depressing. And I think it's the exact opposite. I think 
what Maynard's saying there is very it's very freeing if you believe that if you agree with him I think it's it's quite freeing to realize that like we're all going to be forgotten one day right give it enough time if let's say let's say the human race makes it a hundred thousand years into the future which we probably won't but let's say we do is there anybody alive today whose name will be remembered or like written in the history books I guess everything is digital now so it lives forever but Will, will it be referenced? Was there anybody alive now that is important enough that they will be remembered 100,000 years from now? Presidents, billionaires, probably all be forgotten, right? So with that in mind, like I said, it's kind of freeing. You don't have to worry about about the big questions like that. You just kind of take care of, I feel like if I take care of my own little sphere of influence here and the people who rely on me and my own affairs, that's pretty good, isn't it? B and S in 20 minutes or less. So this, of course, raises the question... Who will be remembered from this time, if, if anybody at all? You know, I, was, I got a message in front of the show, Roger, and he said he thinks that maybe some mathematicians and t- scientists might be remembered going forward. Um, people who made, like, really outstanding contributions to their fields. And, of course, fields that are still going to be around down, like, way down the line. Like, he said he thinks... Shakespeare might be remembered or you know some of the great classical composers and Roger has a point there because you have to think even if humanity survives for another hundred thousand years we will likely still have some form of music will likely still have some form of storytelling and you know Shakespeare Bach Beethoven those are some of the biggest names in those fields so maybe the people who helps push humanity forward like if we become a true spacefaring civilization like if we're colonizing other planets other star systems maybe some of the people who laid the groundwork for that will be remembered maybe we'll remember names like neil armstrong or you know i guess it'd be the same as the wright brothers will be remembered as the the first to build a, a working airplane and air travel revolutionized the world or to roger's point about scientists and mathematicians like yeah probably some of the you know the ancient greek mathematicians and philosophers they might be remembered or you know isaac newton Einstein, um, Crick and Watson discovered DNA. Maybe Darwin will be remembered forever. Some of these guys, Galileo. But then again, like, you know, I think that the, the greatest development of my lifetime was the internet, at least in terms of its impact on society. And Tim Berners-Lee is generally credited as being the man who invented the internet, but not everybody would know that. So, I mean, if people today don't know that, do we expect people 50,000 years from now to know that? It is kind of, I think, I think it's, it's humbling and it gives you a bit of perspective to think that even, you know, take someone like President Biden, who is arguably the most powerful person on earth right now, controls the largest and most powerful army the world has ever seen, has his finger on the button of nuclear weapons and is at the head of, the, you know, the largest economy ever. He will probably be forgotten to history. You know, he'll be a footnote in a history textbook in 100,000 years. Not a textbook, whatever they're reading then. That's a really wild thought, isn't it? You know, the, the wealthiest and most powerful people today will eventually fade from our memories given enough time. VNS in 20 minutes or less. I saw a skullet yesterday. That was exciting. It was a mag- magnificent white skullet. White as the winter snow. You're just walking down the street out for a, out for a little Sunday stroll. A relaxing little Sunday skull around town there. His wife said, where are you going? He said, I'm going sculling. And out he went. Even had a, he even had a bad stash, which is like a, like a white or gray mustache, which has been stained slightly yellow from cigarette smoke. It was just, it was perfect. It was just perked my day up. That's for sure. 
the kid, I had the kids with me, my two boys, and uh, my son Bo. He listens to our podcast all the time, so he he hears us talk about skulls, but he had never seen one in real life. And he's only seven, so he didn't get any of the references we've made to famous skulls over the like Hulk Hogan, Benjamin Franklin, Bilbo Baggins at the end of Return of the King. He had never, he didn't have any reference point for what a skull is. So I was explaining to him, I said, it's just longer at the back and then kind of bald up top. And I was watching in the rearview mirror and I could see it kind of register with him. And then he said, under his breath, not to me, but to himself, he said, awesome. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. So on Friday, uh, the federal carbon tax went up by 25%. It went up to $50 per ton on its way to $170 per ton by 2030. And most provinces would have noticed this immediately at the gas pumps. We didn't because our provincial government has suspended the provincial gas tax, which is, I think, 13 cents per liter. Uh, but then when the carbon tax went up, so now we pay, we save about 10 cents per liter at the pumps. But other provinces, I don't believe, have that program in place. So their gas prices would have been went up. Or they would have gone up on the weekend. Now... Regardless how you feel about the uh, the carbon tax, you know whether it's the best or most effective way to push us towards lower emissions, which I think most of us probably agree at this point is necessary. Um, we got to get this part of it right. And I noticed this when I was reading about the carbon tax on the weekend. I keep hearing people say, "Well, drive less, right? Just this is meant to lower your consumption. Drive less, get a more fuel efficient vehicle." You know, I mean that's not an option for many people, but that's only just. That's also just a a small part of it, right? It's not just the fuel we put in our vehicles. It's fuel for the vehicles that deliver everything and, you know, for the equipment that maintains it all. It's energy to heat those buildings. It's energy to heat our homes. It's energy that farmers use to dry their grain. All of this goes up with the carbon tax. And as that overhead rises, so does the cost of everything else. Now, of course, some families will qualify for rebates. Uh, Many won't, though. And including many families that I don't think we would consider to be wealthy. And all of this at a time when everything is already costing a lot more. I am sure that you have noticed that it is just far more expensive to be alive these days than it has been in the past. Now, if you've considered all of these factors and you say, yep, I still think the carbon tax is the right strategy to mitigate climate change. Well, at least then you've got a, a fully informed view of things, right? And you understand that the carbon tax is it, it's far more than just the fuel we put in our vehicle. BNS in 20 minutes or less. I got a, an email from a friend of the show, Andrew, who describes himself as a loyal Benice head. That is a that is a deep X mornings with Beckler and Sean a reference if you get that. Uh, but he's talking about this vote to declare the official bird of Calgary. You know, maybe you've seen this. Uh, it's been going on for a few weeks now. It's not exactly the newest news, but it's got people talking. It even came up this weekend amongst my friends. Came up in conversation. Uh, the voting is open until May 1st. And there are five birds in the running. I can send you the link to vote if you want, if you text me at 403-238-9929. But uh, the birds that we are voting on, there's the black-capped chickadee, the black-billed magpie, the blue jay, the northern flicker, and the red-breasted nuthatch. Now, if we take these birds one at a time, I mean, the chickadee, I don't know. Is there anything special about the chickadee? The blue jay is such a cool bird, and both of my kids were like, we got to vote for the blue jay because it is a very beautiful bird. Um, but it seems like there's probably lots of places that have the blue jay as their official bird, right? The northern flicker is a very cool-looking bird, and uh, according to one of my friends, big outdoorsman who I was hanging out with this weekend, he said that, he told me that the reason that it's called the flicker is because of how it moves in and out of, like, in and out of bushes and stuff. I didn't know if, if that was true, but 
It is a very cool-looking bird, that flicker. Um, the funniest name, of course, is the red-breasted nuthatch. So if you just want to chuckle, maybe that's the one we vote for. But if you ask me, I think it's got to be the magpie. They get a bad rap, right, magpies? I mean, just because they're, they're kind of, we live very close to them, and they're kind of annoying. They have an ugly song. They're quite a, a striking-looking bird, though. Like, if you didn't know about how much we dislike magpies collectively, if you just looked at the magpie... It's quite a beautiful bird. They got the you know the iridescent feathers, and those are cool. Um, I think I would probably vote for the magpie. And I'm only saying this because like crow wasn't an option. If they gave us the option to make the crow our civic bird, that would be so metal. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Now that concerts are back, one of the coolest things to me about going to a concert has always been, especially like a bigger show, when you know it's going to be a bit more of a production, has always been seeing how the band will take the stage, like how they start the show. Because I think that's, I mean, some bands, some bands simply walk out and just pick up their instruments and start playing. And that's pretty, I mean, that's cool in itself. Other bands have, you know, more elaborate means of taking the stage. I'm trying to think of some of the coolest ones I've seen. I saw Kiss when I was very young, and they, they lowered the band out of the ceiling of the building, like on the stage. And I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I was maybe like 10 or 11 years old at the time. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Um, Arcade Fire on their Reflector tour, they had that uh, that person in like the mirror costume. And it was a suit made out of mirrors, so like it was shining, and you could then the band came out with. It. I thought that was super cool. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Um, anyway, the, the reason I brought this up is because last week Garth Brooks played a show in Orlando at Camping World Stadium. He played to seventy thousand people, and he is one of only I would say a handful of artists in the world today that could could fill a stadium that size. But this is how he took the stage. So there was a countdown on the big screen on the Jumbotron till when like Garth Brooks's logo, that you know, that handwritten G, if you're familiar with it. And then there was the countdown. And when time ran out, his band started to come up out of the floor of the stage and take their positions. And then uh it sounded like this. Alexa play Garth live in Orlando. And then they launch into it, right? So everyone cheered when the Alexa voice came on and said, Alexa, play Garth live in Orlando. I didn't know this, but uh, Garth Brooks has an exclusive streaming deal with Amazon Music. He's not on Spotify and he's not on iTunes if you're, or on, on Apple Music if you look right now. Um, he's just only on Amazon Music. So well, I guess that's the Alexa angle too. And then the, up on the screen is the Amazon Music logo now. So after the countdown ends, they got the Amazon Music logo up there. And I mean, I don't know. Everyone cheered. I don't think it's really that cool. Like, I mean, you're there for the music, right? And that feels so, like, so corporate to me. You got one of the biggest companies in the world and then this, like, gimmicky, I don't know. Maybe you think it's cool. Garth Brooks never really been accused of being the coolest of guys though has he i mean he does wear the headset microphone and it's pretty hard to look cool with that thing on. the bns and 20 minutes or less podcast last week on the show shauna was talking about jaywalking and the difference in how people approach jaywalking here in in calgary as opposed to uh where she's from in the, the greater toronto area she said here like people will patiently wait for the light to change even if there's no traffic coming and then they'll go there isn't as much jaywalking here whereas in in Toronto, she said, jaywalking is just kind of a way of life. Like, there's an opportunity to go, you go. And I don't know if that's a big city thing, if that's just that people 
You know, more people are walking, more people are are in a hurry. But I was thinking about that term, jaywalking. This is kind of like a, a, a bonus etymology with Shauna, but Shauna's not here. Um, why is it called jaywalking? Like, what what does the J part of that refer to? And if you if you don't know, jaywalking is just where you cross at an uncontrolled where you cross the street where you're not supposed to. So I, I looked this up, and the word J, I guess, in the early 1900s, was it was an insult. It was like a almost like a swear that you would call someone who was inexperienced. An inexperienced person was a J. Look at this guy. What a J! You could say. <laughs> The new, the new person at your work. Oh man, this new guy's such a J. It's better than some of the other names you could use, I guess. But Shauna is right that like different places take different approaches to jaywalking, even in terms of how it's prosecuted or how people, how they try to deal with it. Like you, I'm sure you've seen even here, um, there'll be like physical barriers to jaywalking in some places. The middle of the road will have a chain link fence so that if you were to try to jaywalk, you'd have nowhere to go, thus discouraging it. I myself, I think jaywalking is a result of poor design. Like, if the crosswalks aren't laid out in the right place, if it doesn't make sense to walk this way, then people are going to, they're going to go the way that is easiest, right? They're going to, they're going to jaywalk. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of a fan of jaywalking. If it's done, if it's done safely, if it's done safely, you can't be playing Frogger with the traffic. You got to wait if the cars have all passed. If the cars don't even notice you jaywalking, then I think it's a, it's a good jay. It's a good jaywalk. But you gotta hustle. You gotta put a little jump in your step. If you're gonna jaywalk, you can't dawdle. You gotta signal it. You gotta say, I'm going for it. And then you do that little one skip and you take off and you hustle yourself across the street. That's a clean J right there. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. We were talking about dance on the show recently. And like if you have kids who dance, how expensive that can get. I got a message from a, a friend of the show who described herself as a dance mom. And she said, It's more expensive than hockey as it gets competitive. And I believe that. Uh, I knew a girl who had. She, by her estimate, $50,000 in dance costumes in a closet in her house. And she had danced, you know, competitively all the way till she was a, an adult, a very high level. And that's how much they spent just on costumes, not on the instruction or the travel or anything, just the costumes. So I think dance can get very expensive too. Um, my, I always make fun of my wife. My wife is very athletic, McKenna. She's, she's a great athlete. Uh, she says she danced growing up and I... I have a hard time seeing it. It's not not that she's like a bad dancer or anything, but she is like she's a tall, athletic woman. She's not what I would think of as a dancer, you know? She's got like size ten shoe or something. So we were talking about this, me and my buddy, and we're sitting around with her and her mom one time and her mom was defending her and she was like, No, McKenna was a very, a very good dancer growing up. She you know, she was one of the best in her group. She she won an award. And my buddy says, what was the award for? Biggest shoe? <laughs> In the back row there. Bang, 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 bang. You've been listening to the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS and 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.